The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to It Came From Radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. With me via social distancing, we have none other than our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. Oh, how the hell is everybody? We have our very own Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Man Sperano. I'm in the dark over here. And we have from the Life with Jen G, Jen Lee Speldy. I'm cooking up some Jen G in my kitchen. Yay. So on this week's show, where is it? We have uh, Pronto Comics Online Definition Man Sprano with his comic pick of the week. We have another Jaybird and Lee segment. And our very own uh, D Life with Jenner G's, Jenner Lee Speldy, has an interview with actor and artist Dwayne Steeler Mendez. Right? That's right. That's him. All right. An artist. And he's a star of a film I produced uh, a couple months ago at my house. Yay. So that's, uh, that's going to be all in a few minutes. But before we do that, we'll take it away with the news. It's more than time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks at the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of celebrating with 25, 26 years of comic bookness and pop, and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Um, the next convention will be on May 1st. It's a one-day show. Tickets are on sale now. And also uh, from our friends at sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. And I want to give a shout-out for our Patreons, of which there are. Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Unji Kun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, and Yasmin and Ray. You want to have your own little shout-out, go to www.patreon.com. Go to uh, Came From Radio in the search bar, and just for a dollar, you can get a shout-out. Uh, a week on, on our show. Uh, Alright, let's go with the news. We only have one bit of sad news today. That's amazing. That we only have one bit of sad news? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, alright. Um, from actress Gloria Henry died recently. Uh, as of this recording, no cause of death has been announced. While appearing in such films as uh, Keeper of the Bees, uh, Bulldog, Diamond Strikes Back, Triple Threat, Rusty Saves All Life, Air Hostess, Writers in the Sky, Kill Empire, uh, Lightning Guns, Rancho Notorious, Hot News, and Doing Time on Planet Earth, just to name a few, Gloria is best known for her role as Alice Mitchell, which is Dennis's mother on a sitcom, Dennis the Menace, from 1959 to 1963. Wow. Yes. Uh, Charlie, you know, uh, were you a Dennis the Menace fan? That was back in your time, right? Um. <laughs> Yeah, way back before the wheel, sure. Um, yeah, no, I didn't know who it was until you mentioned Dennis the Menace. That's, that's, even, that's why I, I, I phrased it that way, just for you. Yeah, thanks. I never liked that show. I never watched it. I always wanted to beat the crap out of that kid. <laughs> really? Other than that, it was a fine show. <laughs> that's how really I just problem child i couldn't stand those kids yeah no he just he was so annoying 
<laughs> I, and I would say, even as a kid watching that show, I would say, uh, if he was one of my friends, I'd beat him up right now. Yeah, me too. You know? I tell yeah. him. See? Would you go so far as to say that he was menacing? Uh, 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 he menaced him. He menaced him. He'll yeah. be here all week, folks. Try the veal. So you really identify with Mr. Wilson? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Because... Mr. Wilson was the one that was being annoyed by that little scritch of amends. Good Lord. So of note, uh, Gloria died the day after her 98th birthday. Wow. Yeah, that's two, year, two years away from the note. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she made it to 98 and then she checked out. Just this close to that presidential you know, uh, letter. Yeah. Yeah. You know why? See, it, it took 98 years for that kid to get to her. Did you just blame Dennis the Menace for killing? Yes. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm gonna, whew, I'm gonna, yes, I'm gonna, and I'll say it again. I'm going to keep on going. Keep on going. All right, let's do the sad news. Let's do some <laughs> not a sad news. <laughs> oh, all right, from the it's not a million, but still department. <laughs> auction House Kinetic Can wait. Auction House Comic Connect has sold a CGC 9.8 copy of Daredevil number one for a record-breaking $250,000, making it the highest price ever paid for a Daredevil number one comic in any condition. Uh, the previous price was sold for $125,000. Uh, auctioneers say. Rumors about Daredevil joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Charlie Cox possibly reprising his role for the Netflix series have investment collectors snapping up copies at record prices. Uh, for those of you who do not know, or care for that matter, the April uh, 1964 cover dated feature uh, the first appearance and origin of the main character Daredevil. And of course, the highest price ever paid for any comic would be Action Comics number one at $3.2 million. Uh, we oh, know that. I mean, yeah. Wow. Look, Daredevil's cool. He can do a backflip, but he's no Superman. I just, you know, once again, we've we've talked about this many a time. The book is sealed that you cannot even enjoy the book. So what's the point of having it? Except that you Wait a minute. a murder is, weapon. <laughs> yes. Is it is it in Braille? It is not in Braille. Ah. But it's sealed in a, in, okay. a, in a plastic container. Which you cannot open, or else it loses the value. They could chew through. Yeah, you know, for Look, a scam. I think we've said this, or I've said this, but if you have enough money that you can afford this, you have enough money to buy a version you can read. Mm, you true. know, true. so. All right, so let's see. Moving on. So this was this is something that we've been talking about for a long time, uh, mostly when uh, it was just Jen and I doing the news uh, from the follow-up department. Last year, during the height of the pandemic, we reported on the ongoings of Diamond Distributors, the biggest at the time pop culture and comic distributor in the United States. Uh, if you remember, they uh, stopped saying they were going to distribute any comics at all. Then they said that um, they were going to start selling, making a comics back, but you only can get a certain amount of money refunded back to you. Then the marketing, the head of marketing guy quit. Then uh, DC made its own distributing company. And now Marvel Comics has ended its 27-year exclusive deal with Diamond. 
Uh, starting this October, Penguin Random House will be the new exclusive direct market distributor of Marvel comic books and graphic novels. Mm. Uh, experts say <clears throat> Penguin Random House is an excellent company that has been a central piece in a growing graphic novels comic book market. They also bring certain perks to them, such as displays, terms, and free shipping, which will help stores in the long run. As long as as they can get a handle on the trickiness of packing comics and books without damages, this should be a good step forward for the industry as a whole. Um, And for those retailers who are uncomfortable with this change, they're really pleased that Diamond will still be there to support those shops. So Diamond will still be uh, distributing the Marvel comics, but it's mostly going to be with Random House now. Mm. It's the first time you saw a Diamond turning to coal. (laughs) Other way around. It's just so weird how the great and powerful diamond industry, due to the pandemic, just fell apart and everybody's just jumping ship from them. I mean, like, no one particularly liked the monopoly that diamond had. Except for diamond. Except for diamond. (laughs) But, you know, they could charge whatever they wanted. They would, they would, you know, you'd pay a lot to be put up front. And they would make it difficult for independent. Difficult. Yeah, especially as an independent. But even I'm sure Marvel and DC clearly didn't even like it. You know, so Marvel and DC finally decided, like, wait a minute, we're Marvel and DC. Diamond needs us more than we need Diamond. Am I wrong? You are obviously not wrong. So I can't really blame them. Like, uh, and they've been burgeoning other independent distributors. I mean, we used to have one as a sponsor on the show. So, yes, you know, it, yeah, know. It's, it's, it's something that's come, plus on top of all this, like between the Internet and everything else, Diamond's Day was coming due. Inevitably, it just wasn't going to be able to hold that business model. So now so now, Jen, if you remember this whole fiasco, well, now we know how this ends. Now we know well, how this ends. Well, for now. Well, I mean, there's the only other step left is for them to close up shop, and that's it. Because now they have their two biggest uh, uh, um, clients have jumped ship. So now, what are they gonna do? This is this is pretty much the end of the story, I believe. I feel like Diamond is this '80s villain at the very top of the mountain, just you know, with all this cocaine in their pocket, and they're drunk, and they have all these women with. The- <laughs> Around and someone behind them kicks him down the mountain, and that's it. He's fallen down the mountain. He's no longer on top. Basically, what you're saying is that Diamond was Tony Montana, and mm. a guy with a shotgun just came up right behind him and shot him. You must with the best. But I imagine him looking more like <laughs> Edited Donald for radio. Yeah. This is a very violent episode of the Came for Radio. <laughs> Apparently. Well, which, which <laughs> one? Which only proves, wait for it, wait for it, diamonds are not forever. Nah. Oh. No, I know. It's all oh. I have. Love it. Nor are they a girl's best friend. Yes. <laughs> or a Marvel's best friend. Anyway. So, moving on. From the holy... Hey, re- wait a minute. Yeah. How do you know we want to move on? Uh, because we're we're on a time schedule. <laughs> That's why. All right, thank you. Because we got to move on. It's not um, about to. It's about more diamond talk. <laughs> From the holy recasting Batman department. 
seems that despite originally saying that they weren't going to recast Ruby Rose's Batwoman, the WB has in fact done that very thing. Of course. In episode eight of the of the second season of the show, despite all the characters finding out that Kate Kane, the original Batwoman, is one hundred percent no take backs, he's dead. The episode final scene reveals to the audience that Kate is in fact alive, but is unrecognizable because of her injuries sustained in a plane crash and being held prisoner somewhere in Gotham City. Execs say <clears throat> we once sat down and huddled for season two and decided, look, we're not killing Kate Kane. That's not the way we wanted this character to go out. We looked back at what our options were, and this seemed like the most organic option. Ultimately, we thought, what's the midpoint of our season? It's probably around episode eight or nine. Let's make this reveal here. I understand that the audiences maybe felt a little tortured because they didn't understand how we're actually going about bringing back this altered version of Cat Kane. But for us, we just trusted the storytelling. Um, actress Wallace, Wallace, W-A-L-L-I-S, Wallace Day, who was most recently seen playing uh, Nysa Vez on the canceled sci-fi series Krypton, is going to be taking up the role. Okay. So that's going to be the new... Uh, He's going to be a new Cat Kane, but Cat the, Kane. the new Batwoman is the, the black girl. I think she's going to stay as Batwoman. I think that's where they're going to go. What's with. funny is I'm getting Holy. her name. I'm getting Holy. her name confused with Cassandra Kane. Yeah. Who play, who was like bad girl in the comics? Right. I was getting like what what? It, it basically what they're gonna. I won't be shocked if what they end up doing is ripping off the Nightfall story in some ways, right? Where Batman got has had his back broken by Bane. He goes off. He gets recuperated. He hands off the mantle of the Bat to Gene Paul Valley. Gene Paul Valley becomes a psychopath. He comes back, takes back being Batman. I won't be shocked if that's what they end up doing. Who knows what they're doing on this show? Like they were, they were taking, you know, they were hit from the side when they announced that when the girl announced that she was going to leave Ruby Rose. And if you remember, we reported that they digitally removed her, the actress. So now we know why, because they're like, nah, we're just going to pretend that she was never even there and put somebody else in. I think if they want to win an Emmy or a Grammy or whichever call it, they should make this one a hermaphrodite. They'll double down, have both genders in one superhero. Bam. Holy crap. Wow. Wow. Holy Dr. Who ripoff. Why? <laughs> I said, hey. holy Dr. Who ripoff. You want to be a big deal? You be both genders, man, female, boom, boom. Wow. It's like, well, you know, right. gender is now just a social construct, so exactly. that can be yeah. very possible. Luckily, hey. one of the executives was watching Doctor Who and the change of season and actors and says, hey, that might work. It's, it's, a, it's uh, an interesting situation. Uh, yeah. okay, so moving on. From Just the, real quick, though. Yes. Have we gone over why Ruby Rose left? We, we reported on it. There's, there's, not, there's never been an actual reason. There's only hearsay and rumors. Well, so I'm just, I looked it up because I was curious. Oh, so okay. according to distractify.com on March 22nd of this year, basically she left because she got, uh, she sustained a, a serious injury of some kind. Oh. That so, was one of the reasons that's yeah. been rumored. And that's what but, she says happened. She's being the lead of a superhero show is tough. There's, so. But there's also rumors that she wasn't being treated well. There was rumors about the internet backlash. There's a whole lot of like you don't actually hear her say the words. This is why I left. It's all right. 
a little, you know, a little mysterious thing. And as time will come out, we'll find out just like all the other things that's been happening Mm -hmm. with a certain uh, director, writer, producer that they say stuff and then things happen like, oh, so that's what really happened. So we're getting there. Mm. Uh, So let's see. So moving on from the that's a lot of nuts department. The new Godzilla film has taken the number one spot from its first week of release, pulling in $48.5 million at the domestic box office, knocking off the action flick Nobody, which was number one only for one week. Uh, to put things into perspective, this time last year, the re-release of Phoenix, Oregon reclaimed the top spot. Because remember, it was number one two weeks ago last year, uh, making an additional $2,903, the number one movie. Uh, keep in mind, this would be the fourth full week of the ongoing pandemic, which most theaters were closed. Um, of note, the numbers for Godzilla are for the five-day holiday weekend. For just a normal three-day weekend, it made $32.2 million, which makes it the highest-grossing film of 2021 so far, followed by Tom and Jerry at the number two spot of $32.5 million and counting. Have you seen this yet? The Phoenix Oregon? No, no, no. The... Um... Kong oh Godzilla, yes. Godzilla. Yes, I have seen it. Yes. Let me guess, you loved it. I did not love it. That was a terrible movie. It was a terrible movie. Yes. Really? People said it's good. It I was not good at all. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I would have thought you would have loved this because you loved the other Godzilla movie so yeah, much. I, I loved the last one because it was the awesome bestest Godzilla movie in the history of Godzilla movies. Yeah, we this movie is probably great because we hated that one. <laughs> probably like this one i'll probably watch this and go like oh this fixes all the problems i had with the last godzilla movie no because (laughs) yeah everyone on the planet has one sense of style and mark has the complete opposite yeah as long as there's not a a family subplot here then i'm i'm sure i'm gonna like it um so there is a family subplot okay um okay we're just we're just yeah <laughs> i don't i don't want to obviously we can't go into like a review of it but can you sum up very quickly what the biggest problem was that you had yeah. with all right with so, a giant gorilla fighting so, a giant lizard so with amazing visual effects my all right so it's, I'll, I'll give it a, a two minute a two minutes all right here we go this is the first movie i felt wasn't enough godzilla too much of the story the story wasn't any good Second movie, there was so much of Godzilla. It gave me everything that I wanted. The visuals were amazing. The fights were great. The story was all right, but you're there for the fights. In this right. one, you figure the, 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 the draw is the fight. You want to see the right. fight. The story just it wasn't going to happen. We already knew that was, it gonna, was a game. Right. So at least you went in with a reasonable expectation of right. who cares what the story is. I just want right. to see a giant gorilla the, fight the giant lizard. I just felt that the fight did not live up to the hype. Okay, now that is fair. If you're telling me that's, the fight, I was just going to say, there you go. That's a good. Uh, if you're like the fight was kind of meh, like it could have been a better fight. Yeah, I can get behind that. It, I mean, like I said, the story, the story was probably the worst of the three. Like the story right. itself, you're like, all right, this is not. Nope, this is just not going to happen. And so, what's to save it would be the fight. And I felt that the fight in the second movie was not uh, was much better than this one. Is this was like you know you go to see a Mike Tyson fight, you want to see him knock him out in the first two minutes of the. I was just right. asking, what's worse, the Roy Jones and Tyson or this one? But exactly, it's, that's my point. You know, you, you this want, was the you Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg at WrestleMania. Right, and then and you're like, like, this should be great, and it turned out to be like, uh, 
and there was no third monster that could be the place of Stone Cold, just run in there and start just stunning everyone because it was terrible. I, I will refrain from anything else as spoilers, except saying, if you're a wrestling fan, you might be on track with this movie. I'm just, that's Maybe it. What? You might be on track. So I think Dominic is being psychic with the movie. Oh, it's, so um, I think that doesn't shock me at all that there's like a third monster right. and the two of them have to team up. Okay. That explains um, why the fight is like... Ma, yes. You would appreciate this. Um, our other two co-hosts don't know the gentleman. But I have spoken to our own Herman. Herman Shemsonertia. Dominic. Yes. No, I met Herman. Uh, right, right. And, that and was he... the most off-the-rail show <laughs> I've ever been on. Yeah. Well, oh, my God. There's nothing to do with rails. <laughs> no, he's we didn't, on a show. We didn't even but, uh, get to the train station. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. But, I, Mark, you would appreciate this. He saw the movie before everybody, uh-huh. and he called me up to tell me about it and he said I don't want to tell you anything I want you to know I know the whole story the ending everything he is such a spoiler it's, it's ridiculous he said I didn't want to tell you anything and then he proceeds to tell you the whole movie and, uh, and he well, pre- I don't want to spoil then, it for you but let me tell right. you frame by frame what happens wow. yeah and then he goes you're not going to see it are you I said, well, <laughs> why not now? Why should I? That was such a descriptive. Uh, uh, yeah, I have HBO Max. When we're done, I might just put this on now. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, I wanted. You know what? When you you sold me on that, it's so bad that you think it's so bad. I got to see how bad it is. And since I don't have to pay money to go see how bad this is, it's worth it. Just to yeah, enjoy you're it. you're already ahead of the game. Yeah. <laughs> so let's see. Um, so I got so- a really big TV now, so it's like this is going to be like being in the theater. So, so let's see. From the last bit of news, so since we're uh, we're talking about wrestling, as uh, Dominic has been psychic in this uh, news segment, Everyone's from well. from the we are now protected from racist wrestlers department. As mentioned in a previous show, WWE has made a deal with NBC for exclusive streaming rights, essentially transferring all of its library from the WWE streaming service over to the new Peacock streaming service. Now that NBC has the content, fans have started to notice certain promos and matches are being edited out of past performances, as well as certain more recent events, most notably the controversial 2019 event in Saudi Arabia. Exec says Peacock and WWE are reviewing all past content to ensure it fits our 2021 standards, as it does our other shows, films on this platform. So they're going through hour by hour of all wrestling content and saying, this is offensive, this is offensive, this is offensive, and they're deleting it off from existence. Well, there goes the entire Attitude Era, the one that I watched when I was younger. Nothing about the Attitude Era wasn't offensive. By the way, the executives, were those NBC executives or WWE executives? Um, Yes, as a matter of fact, they they co-released the statement. So yes, it was both of them. See, like I think for that you should have done either your best impression of Jim Ross or Vince McMahon <laughs> instead of your standard executive voice. You should have been. It's a universal quick. executive voice. Give me the they first all sound line the again. Give me the first line. What do they say? Peacock and WWE are reviewing all past content to to ensure it fits our 2021 standards. So it should have been more like Peacock and WWE have been reviewing all the previous content. I think that would have been more accurate to what the executive sounded like. Um, so yeah, like 
it's we've we talked about it's, it's so weird how we keep on hitting the same notes I, I i've noticed over the years so here we are uh they're arbitrarily deciding what people will find offensive and they're arbitrarily just getting rid of it right now a good friend of mine used to watch like a lot of wwe back when it was called the wwf and we probably watched it up until our very early 20s and then we got into the ufc and he still loves watching older wrestling and we were chatting one day and he was listening to some podcast about wrestling and some guy calls up the podcast and is like will it ever go back to like how it was at the at the, you know what was it the pontiac silverdome okay wrestlemania three or four or whatever and he was calling and, and the guy who was doing the podcast was like a former um like promoter of wrestling and the guy just says no it's never going to go back don't look for it it's not happening it's over move on and unfortunately, that's kind of what's going on here, where it's like they can't even leave the nostalgia alone. They can't at least mm-hmm. let, let older fans who loved it back in the 80s at least have that anymore. Now they got so to like, monetize that, too. I mean, it's, it's, I think that, once again, I've, I've said this many times, they should, if they're going to do it, at least put like a, a disclaimer and leave it up there, because mm-hmm. getting rid of it, I find, makes it worse. Yeah. They're going to try and like erase the concept of racism and then be shocked when people grow up and they're still racist. And it's Good point. Like, it's like, oh my God, how this happened? We did everything. It's like you did everything, but actually, like, just accept the fact that people are hateful to each other. Yeah, I can't so, believe my kids did drugs. I told them not to do drugs. I can't believe it. Yeah, basically. It's like we told them, don't do drugs. Drugs are bad, okay? Mm hmm. You know? So Charlie, what do you think of this? You used to watch you at WrestleMania, oh, right? Don't, don't, don't even ask me because <laughs> I am so pissed off right now at the whole world. Because let me just say, <laughs> this has been going on for years. Nobody was affected by this, but now they decide to change everything because they're all wuss. Yeah. Anyway. I honestly think that yeah. they're they are underestimating the intelligence of their audience, which I know probably sounds sounds like, but they're wrestling fans. How intelligent could they be? But almost every single wrestling fan looks at wrestling, sees that wrestling is winking back at them and going like, this is all a giant male soap opera. We all actually like each other for the most part. I mean, there are some real people that don't, don't like each other. Like the undertaker did not like Brock Lesnar. I know that for a fact, but They all, they all work together. They all like each other because, look, if they didn't like each other, they'd all yeah. actually be hurting each other. Then you really wouldn't have any exactly, so exactly. They're they're assuming that the fans don't know that it's a show, and it's like no. All, every fan of wrestling at at whatever point of wrestling, you all knew it was a show. Everyone knew it was pre. Years ago, years ago, they had to change it to entertainment because of this whole thing it wasn't a sport it was it well sports it is as far as i'm concerned these guys are in top shape so uh but it was entertainment right no everybody knew who was going to win who was going to lose right and everybody knew the confrontations and you know it's ridiculous. Right. It's ridiculous. Every, so we actually knew. we have less than thirty seconds. So if you, you we're gonna end on this, Dominic. So go for it. Everyone knew like when it was a non televised match, 
but you can now watch it. Hogan was going to retain the belt. Like there's <laughs> nothing shocking was going to happen in in certain regards. Like stop underestimating the intelligence of the audience. It's 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 insulting. All right. So with that, we're going to take our break, and we'll be right back with it came from the radio. Boom. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio. sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Hey, it's Marissa Jade, your favorite mob wife, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Every Wednesday, new comics are back at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. And coming this May from Marvel Comics, Heroes Reborn! So if you want the latest Marvel, DC, Image, or Independent Comics, back issues, comic book supplies, or magic card, please call Chuck at 516-763-1133. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to Thursday from 2 to 7, Friday 2 to 7, and Saturday noon to 6. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin, located at 846 Merrick Road in Baldwin, New York. Thank you, and stay safe! Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird. <laughs> what are you laughing about? Oh, <laughs> he's eating the string. I see that. he was. Well, he's eating the lab for the audio. Now he's uh, scratching at the bed. Unbelievable. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today we're going to talk about my shopping sprees. <laughs> yes, you've been on a, quite a few shopping sprees lately. Yeah, for the past, like, uh, break, The basically. past couple of breaks, right? You went away with mom and you bought yeah, some stuff? Yeah, I bought some, yeah. Not that, not that much, just like a shirt. So, uh, so you're pretty much damaging my wallet like crazy right now. Yep. Oh, no. Get prepared <laughs> for more damage. Oh, no. <laughs> Why, you plan on doing more shopping? Mm-hmm. I need clothes, man. <laughs> you need clothes, man? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I guess it's the spring and summer. Yeah, I, I have like four short sleeve shirts and a, like two crop tops. That's under exaggerating. Under exaggerating? <laughs> oh, no. I'm very scared now. <laughs> oh, man. So I guess it, my question is like, what kind of fashion. Are you like what? What kind of things do what you kind like? Of style do I have? Yeah, what's your style? Not mom's. <laughs> well, yeah, but mom dresses like a thirteen-year-old girl. True, I just. But you are thirteen, and you don't dress anything like her. Yeah. Are you more conservative? What do you mean? Like more baggy clothes over the body, or uh, I mean, recently I've gotten crop tops, so I don't think so. But so explain crop tops. It's a cropped top. Well, I don't know what that means. What are you showing it's, off? Uh, Your midriff? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes, you have to explain well, what the kind of clothes I, it's is. It's a crop. Okay, so you take a shirt and then you like cut half of the middle. Yeah. So I don't know. You've you seen me in one. But I'm a dad. I don't know what any of this is. I just put on jeans just and a t-shirt. Just because you're a dad doesn't mean you wouldn't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't look into women's fashions that often. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm kind of okay, but yeah, that makes sense. Right, so I have no idea what's the in style either. You know, I don't know what the in style is. Sort of just not old navy. (laughs) Not old navy. All right. Why you don't fit in those? You don't like them? I don't. I don't really 
like old navies and marshals. I never really did because it has. I feel like. Not the type of clothes that I'd want to wear. More like yeah. the stuff that mom would want to wear. Okay, but where, where else would you? Where else you go? Bloomingdale's or? Uh, I like Hot Topic, although I don't really buy clothes there. But um, Forever Twenty One is not bad. Okay, so you like Forever Twenty One? Yeah. Um, where else did I get? All all I know is that my fashion, you could look at me every single decade since I've pretty much been born. Isn't it the same? And yes, (laughs) I'm in a jeans and a t-shirt. That's pretty much it. I don't think about anything else. Jeans and a t-shirt, long socks, done. Yes, you know, jeans, t-shirt, and if I have to dress up, I put on a button-down shirt or... And a suit. A suit if I have to. Yeah. But I try not to do anything other than wear a pair of jeans and a t-shirt because I don't have to think about anything. Yeah. So is that I, bad? I, I don't know if that's bad. It's sort of just... Well, what do the boys wear? Are they all like into cool sweaters and all that stuff? Um, I don't really know. More hoodies. A lot of people are into hoodies. I'm not that into hoodies, sort of just like eat. Not much of a hoodie person. Yeah. I like sweatshirts with a hood, but not... Ones that you cover over your... What? what are you... What's so funny? <laughs> oh, oh, you're looking at the dog who wants to, like, run out. Okay. Oh, okay. All right, definitely. We'll let him out for sure. You know, too crazy, I think. But um, as the middle of the episode goes on... <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Well, he doesn't wear fashion, well, Bo- yeah, Bowie, Bo- right? No, Bowie's not going to... We have to get, we have to get a harness. wear a harness. Yeah, a harness. That's a, you know, you oh, can put remember a remember mom got that like baby carrier for dogs? She got a baby Bjorn, so for a, yeah, for dogs. For dogs, which she actually returned cuz oh, he phew. he grew too big. Ah. It looked ugh. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> imagine just like imagine just seeing someone with a Bjorn and then a dog in it. <laughs> I'm guessing people do it. Why? I don't know. Maybe they just like it. Uncle Jason probably would. Uh, yeah, he would probably yeah. do that. All right. Well, thanks for listening about our fashion and non-fashion experiences. And dog. <laughs> and dog experience. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. See ya. Looking to sell your entire comic collection? Have that one key issue you're trying to unload? Well, look no further than Royal Collectibles, your friendly neighborhood comic book shop. Buying and selling comics, toys, and merchandise with experience in the industry for over 30 years. From Golden Age comics all the way up to the present, they want to buy your stuff. Reach out to them online at www.royalcollectiblesonline.com or give them a call at 718-793-0542. That's Royal Collectibles in Forest Hills, Queens, New York. Now, back to our show. Hi, everyone. This is Pronto Comics' own Dominic Sperano, and it is once again time for... My comic book pick of the week. So way back in the midst of time before the pandemic... We used to do the show at Grindhouse Radio, and Grindhouse Radio uh, was was and is run by a gentleman named Brimstone, a former professional wrestler and uh, entertainment entrepreneur. About, mm, let's say, six months ago or so, he put out a small book 
uh, his own words, a small book of inspirational and motivational quotes called Brimisms. And it just so happens that over the course of doing our show at Grindhouse, myself and my wife have become quite friendly with Brim, and we love Brim a lot. And so that's why this week's pick of the week is going to be Brimisms by Brimstone. Uh, it's a very short book, not really that um, that deep of a read, because it is just quotes that he has said uh, through his show about um, a collection of thoughts of how to uh, to be inspirational, how to how to make it in entertainment, and several things. Let me read you a couple. It's not just about passion and creativity. It's about leaving your mark on the world, your legacy. Winners focus on winning. Losers focus on winners winning. Always remember goals and dreams with deadlines. Set them and reach them often. A word of advice, don't settle for ordinary, be extraordinary. So, they're just wonderful little quotes that he has said throughout his radio career um, that are just inspirational. And I think uh, everyone could use a little inspiration these days. If you like what you're hearing and you're interested in Brimstone, it's really simple. Just go to the Grindhouse Radio uh, or look up uh, Brimstone. You can follow him on Twitter. It's Entrance to Hell. Uh, he's on Instagram. Um, if you want the book, it's really very simple. Just go, just Google Brimstone Brim isms, and the first thing that pops up is a link to his book where you can buy it. It's very affordable. Uh, it's ten dollars. He'll ship it to you, um, and it's it's worth the read. Especially like if you're having a down day and you want some inspiration. Uh, in fact, as I open it up, it's, uh, I look at another quote. In spite of how bad things may be, choose to believe that this is not the way your story will end. Work diligently, take risks. The seeds you sow will eventually bear fruit. You know, And I can tell you from personal experience, Brim's a hell of a guy, great guy. And these are some good pieces of uh, motivation. So I really think it's a good read. I think you should check it out. Uh, I think you should follow Brim if you haven't. And um, there you go. That's the pick of the week. Brimstone's Brimisms. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's pick. Please remember you can go and check out my own personal webcomic at fishysarcasm.com. You can become a Patreon of the comic. It's only $1 a month. It's the least expensive Patreon out there. I promise you that. Also, please go and check out prontocomics.com. We have plenty of comics for download. And always remember... Logic clearly dictates that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. So be safe and be healthy. Take care. The 
Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book This is Gray Griffin, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hello, radio listeners. What are you thinking? We want to hear from you. What's working for you? What things would you like to hear more about? Write us your thoughts. Or you can buy us a pizza. Just go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com, and click on the Buy Us a Pizza link. Leave your comment there. And we'll read them on video. Now, back to our show. Hello, Radioheads. We're here with Dwayne Steeler, the star of June, the star and creator of Bloodstab. Bloodstab 2 is coming soon. Artist with a huge art collection, which was in my basement recently. So hello, Dwayne. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's it's great to have me in, in your show. Now, we produced a short film that you starred in. What was your favorite part of the production of June that we shot here and downstairs? Yeah, my, yeah, my favorite part, my favorite part is downstairs in the basement, and we has a lot of, a lot of Nintendos, a lot, a lot of old school stuff. It was, it was a really fun, it was a really fun experiment uh, with, uh, with, with the crew, especially, especially uh, our co-star Cindy Colon. Me, uh, Cindy, she's a fantastic actress. She's a great actress. She's really talented. And we had all of this Atari and all this stuff from the '80s, thanks to Sean Fennick, who's a huge collector. Yeah. That was pretty. Oh, cool. absolutely. He's a nice it's guy. Very amazing. Very cool. Now, yeah, what was yes, your? Yes, especially VHS. Especially. What was your least like, favorite part? Your least favorite part of shooting June. Um, I think the well, the, the least favorite is around the scenes. So, um, I think around the scenes is is is, is kind of well, not not comfortable, but. It's, it's, but uh, we we uh, we just uh, understand we just understand we just do some acting. It's not it's not very personal relationship. It's just it's just acting. But uh, but me and Sydney we we did uh, we did a great job. It, it was, was kind of hard. <laughs> I was there for your erotic scene yeah. downstairs. Now moving on to Bloodstab. Yes. You wrote and starred yeah. in Bloodstab that was all shot in one day in thirty to sixty yes. seconds. Describe Bloodstab. What is it? It's more like it's more like inspired to Albert Hitchcock a psycho. But um I just come up with an idea, but the, uh, I come up with an idea that you got two characters. You got one I play Bob as Pastor Joker. We have another another actor named Cindy who play who play um uh, Emily and I was played I was playing some of her. And then you got and then you got a mysterious kill um come come on in and do slashes slashes the Slashes both, killers both, and we wrote the video. Well, I can't, I can't spoil it. So everyone, everyone had to see themselves, had to watch it themselves. But stop on trauma now. Best part of Bloodstab, favorite part. My favorite part is play uh, pranks uh, with, with the actress. Okay. And, and then I did the apologize scene, and then the love scene, and then I got, and then I got killed. I like well, Kelly's well, part. Okay. Kelly, Kelly was fun. She was a fun, crazy one. 
and the least favorite part of yeah. the thing. Yeah. What was the worst part of Blood Stab? Oh my God. My favorite part, the worst part is they were, they were showing my butt. They were oh, okay. for a long, long time. That was one of the worst part. A lot of people, a lot of friends was talking about it. They were laughing at me. How are we going to see Steelers? Uh, oh my yeah. god. Oh, you want to talk about? Oh, you bared it. You bared it for the movies, for art, the things you do for art. Now, Bloodstone 2. Bloodstone 2. Well, I, I might be involved. We'll see. But Bloodstone 2 is going to probably be coming out and be, being produced in the winter, probably. Maybe this December we'll work on it. What should we expect to see in Bloodstone 2? Well, well, since well, since after last year, I finished my script. It's a long script. Um, I think it's gonna be next year. It's gonna be next year for now. Um, they will keep us posted in the future. But um, but this year we're gonna focus. Uh, we're gonna focus on another short film that I, that I did finish my script also last year. So we're about to do our new next project coming up in in the fall maybe november or december but not bless that too not yeah we're still ah. home. we're gonna have to wait maybe yeah maybe in next year 2022 in the future but they will keep us posted when the time comes so here i'm gonna count this who would be your top eight people to create a film with because usually on set you know there could be three people but there could be 10 so let's say you have to pick your top eight who's in your top eight crew right now go tom uh tom reese John, Johnny, um, another, another Johnny as well. Sean, Jen, Ke- Kelly. That's it. Uh, yeah. That's it. Yeah, these, uh, these, these are the top. Uh, the top people. I made the cut. I, look together. Huh? I made the cut. This Jen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you're part of the crew, especially, especially, um, um. Uh, uh, Gabe. Uh, I forgot about Gabe. Gabe, I'm got sorry. It, Gabe. Got it, huh? Gabe. I just got off the phone with Tom. Tom's great. We're talking about making his film in the fall. So he's he's another artistic dynamo. He's he's got so much going on. So he's another one to watch. All right, we're gonna yeah. switch. We're gonna switch from the movies talk. So now you do a lot of erotic werewolf art. You're you're very, very good artist. I, I was a, an art minor in college. I did a lot of art back in the day, but I don't really share my work anymore. Um, so now your work is very interesting. It's very cool quality. You have a huge collection, huge portfolios. You brought over here. We put all over the walls. Now, what do you adore about werewolves? Like, what is it about werewolves that you like? You know, uh, you know, I I've been loving werewolves um, creatures for a very long time. Cause I grew I grew up watching some some fantastic wicked horror films like The American Wolf in London, The Howling. Uh, let's uh, let's see uh, what's the other werewolf? Oh yeah, um, How for back in two thousand um, fifteen they came out in in England. Dog Soldiers. Um, you know I think The Howling and American Werewolf both of them are one of my favorite. Best werewolf movie came out back in 1981. I was really inspired with the transformation and the monsters and the and especially the sexuality or other with a female character from the Howling. That's uh, okay. she, she's one of my favorite character. 
Okay. So now <laughs> these are random questions. Now I'm a big fan of vampires. I played a vampire in a film festival. I've always loved vampires. As a little kid, I watched vampire movies. Now who would win in a fight vampires or werewolves? Oh, now, oh, now we're going to talk about underworld. Don't, don't we? Oh yeah. my goodness. Like what? It's just like Werewolf versus Vampire. Oh my God, I'm on. I had a lot of respect. I love vampires. Believe me, I love vampire creatures. I have so I have a lot of respect for them. I'm more. I'm more like a werewolf. I'm more like a werewolf maniac. So so I'm I'm more. I'm more as a as a lycan throw. But uh, but uh, I don't. But I don't. Want, I don't want to go or get against species like vampires. Uh, uh, vampires. But you know. Was a vampire. We're all creatures of the night. So we all should get along. The real enemies is the humans. The humans are the real enemies. Want to wipe out, wipe out the monsters and the creatures on planet Earth right. because the, uh, the humans are the real monsters. So all werewolf lives matter. All vampire lives matter. You're very kind That's to both right. species. You didn't want to knock either one. That was a very diplomatic answer. Okay. All right. All right. So now, what we think about is who we become. If you think a lot about something, even a song, a lot of times we can actually start becoming like that. Some people think that we'll channel something. You know, I'll think about certain comedians and I'll start acting like them. So now you spend a lot of time drawing and thinking and creating werewolves on paper. What qualities of you are similar to werewolves? Uh, let's, let, let's see, uh, werewolves. Um, um... Maybe a body horror, body horror transformation. Is that that's a, that's a good answer? Body horror. I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, have you ever have you ever seen any David Cronenberg's uh, films? Um, he, he he's the master of body horror. That was really inspired. Um, his his vision and his movie style. Um, since the lights of the remake classic movies like The Fly from nineteen eighty six, that is the most bestest body horror movie ever. Okay. So there are there aspects of you that are werewolf-like? Are there things that you feel that are similar to werewolves? Yeah, uh, yeah. But you know what? Not only werewolves, but uh, more, more, more like, more like, uh, hockey monsters and body growing and uh, close ripping. And I, re I, re I really love, I really love the power. But I think the females are more powerful than than the males. No, ah. no, no offense myself, but the females they do have sexuality and beauty, and they do have the beast inside. They could be oh, werewolves, okay. or they could be were vampires, or or or, or the the alter alter um she she hulk monsters or she demons. I could definitely work on drawing female monsters, but I can still draw a male monster as well. I can still do that. So perfect segue. Would you marry a girl or date a girl who identifies as a werewolf? She said, I really am a werewolf. Could that girl be your girlfriend? Hell yeah. If she's a werewolf, <laughs> hell yeah, I will marry her. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So now would you prefer a girlfriend to wear fangs and fur or no fangs and fur? <laughs> I think Fangus fur will be. What if she's really hairy? What if I started growing hair on my shoulders? Would that be okay? That'll be sexy. So you like my last boyfriend? He has like hairy shoulders. I've never, I've never seen a guy with hairy shoulders. Only old men. He's a young man. He has hair on his shoulders. So crazy. Oh, right? a, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I think he is. 
yeah, like he's a very manly man. So it's okay. He He's still pretty, even though he has hairy shoulders. Okay, we're almost done. Your top three things that you like to draw. Werewolves, obviously. Mm-hmm. What else? Um, anim- animation cartoon characters. Okay. Um, let's see. Combo characters or heavy metal uh, bands or poor wrestlers. I, I grew up. I grew up. Uh, watching wrestling, watching animated cartoons, and that's exactly I became an artist since back I was 13 years old. But the first, the first time I started draw, I I start drawing uh, Looney Tunes like Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Run Wild Coyote. That um that that's that, that's why start drawing with free hands. But I used to trace once before in my guilty pleasure. Yes, I do have. A guilty pleasure, so that is the truth. Okay. So, uh, so I just start drawing with free hands without uh, tracing, but I start practice. I start practice when I was I was very young. It takes some time. It takes for like maybe like more than five or six years. No, your skill, your skill is impeccable, and any metal yes. artist or any wrestler that you draw should be very thankful. If I was a pro wrestler, I would love you to draw me. Your work is really phenomenal. So your top three painters or artists, who are they? Ooh, now this is this is very interesting. My favorite painters and especially cartoonists, um, Bob Ross. He's one of my true heroes. I love Bob Ross. Uh, Chuck Jones. He's Hi. one of my true heroes. Uh, true heroes. Uh, I I really love his animated art style. And Rob Bosky. I really love Rob Bosky's animated vision and his style. I I watch I watch one of his his classic animation film for uh for adults. But I I love Rob Bosky's uh his vision, his art styles, his uh, his career ideas, animals, or stereotype characters. I mean, very very underrated, very underrated. But he's one of legends. All right, I was I was very inspired. Well, hopefully after COVID, we can see your work in galleries. You have so much work. You have enough work to cover all the walls in this room for sure. And my last question is, what would you like us to know? Or do you have any messages that you would like to share to the world? Something that's important to you? Well, not well, not exactly. Um, I don't, I don't want to share it in the mainstream. I'm not, I'm not much in a mainstream uh, person. I'm more like an independent and uh underground artist and an actor because I, I like because I like to because I like to make art. I love to make art. I love doing some acting, writing uh, uh writing uh, ideas or, or create or create my next film or and still work on some other drawings. So I'm not I'm not much to get get the world attention. You know how you know how the world is. You know the world the world is is really you know, really, uh, really crazy uh, out out there, and they they don't know what they want. They don't they don't know what they want any anymore. Okay. Back in back in the eighties, yeah, back in the eighties, the days in the eighties, they were so cool. I was born in the eighties. The eighties was awesome. But to to, to today, is is better. It's better. It's better. Is that you got best friend? I mean, I have best friends. Best friend who supported me, who loves, who love my film, who loves my artwork, and they, they, they be, they're behind, they're behind me one hundred percent. And I, I told, and I totally behind them one hundred percent because, because I love, I, I love, I love my best friends, the, the cast and the crew and the crew members, 
and especially my family and especially my very close best friends um i, I they supported me and i supported them 100 100% guarantee and, and i support your peers 100 so you so you supported me a, a lot very a lot so i really i really support your peers your your acting uh your vision your style and you're you're really you're really amazing you uh, with, with your with your with your films Dwayne, we're gonna wrap this up it's yeah. been real thank you so much you're great you're always good energy you're always positive always come in good vibes so thank you so much for the interview and uh well stay tuned for more it came from the radio hey guys this is christy from custom cakes by christy i want you to know that i'm here for you I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Hey, this is Ty Monk, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy from The Last Dragon, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hello, friends. This is Ranger Rob, and I'd like to talk to you about dog poop. That's right, dog poop. I invented Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, a very large bag with handles. My bags support large and small dogs and smell like lemon. They are strong and affordable. You can find Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags at Amazon. They come in sheets or in rolls and come with a dispenser. Once you try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, you'll never want to go back. So come join us. Go to Amazon and try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags today. What's up, guys? This is Kari Payton, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. So keep listening. You had any honor, you would listen to sci-fi.radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to our website, www.camefromtheradio.com. Listen to archives we'll be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places such as goodtalkradio.com, btdradio.com, indievolt.com, sci-fi.radio, or our social media pages such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast. <laughs>